When you think hockey here in the Chattahoochee Valley, the one man you have to think of is Jerome Boom Boom B-Sharp. Right, Jack? Absolutely, man. The man has been a part of hockey in the Fountain City for years, whether it's been the Cotton Mouse to the River Dragons, and now we get to learn a little bit more about the man they call Boom Boom. This is episode 31, the Greg Maddox episode nice. of All Your Sidelines. When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. Hey, bring it in, everybody. I'm Sports Director Rex Castillo, joined by... Weekend Sports Director Jack Patterson. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of On Your Sidelines. Before we get to our guest, we got to get to our teaser check. As usual, Jack has let me lead off this uh, this edition of the teaser check. How apropos. Exactly. Uh, Rocking with the Chattahoots, uh, an amazing, amazing organization. They have another great group of guys coming in. And somehow, some way, they were allowing this guy to take an at-bat over the weekend. It was phenomenal. Two. It was, yeah, I got two at-bats. It was fantastic. A 1,000 on-base percentage. Uh, and you score a run. And I scored a run. So uh, check out that story on WRBL.com. And in the same sports family of the Chattahoots, we have the River Dragons. All right, Jack? We're keeping it all in the Ignite Sports family today. Yes, I'm rocking the Columbus River Dragons. And more specifically... How appropriate is this, people? I am rocking... The number six. That is number 16 in your programs. Number one in your hearts. Jerome Boom Boom Bichard. Hey, hey how's boom. it going, Boom Boom? Pretty good, boys. Uh, that shirt does look good on you. <laughs> <laughs> so, does it look weird that your name is on a River Dragons shirt or a jersey? Well, you know what? We were talking about a little earlier uh, when the River Dragons kind of came calling. Right. It really felt that I was cheating, like, on my wife. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> We've been married 28 years. Congratulations. Not, you know, I've been in town for about 25, <laughs> and, you know, whatever. It just, it didn't seem, it didn't sound quite right. And it, <laughs> it felt, it felt, I felt dirty for a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know what, uh, it's been a great three years. Uh, I know we've had a little bump in the road with all that COVID uh, yeah. stuff or whatever, but uh, uh, good organization, Try to do it right, do it the right way, and, uh, you know, we're having a good time. You guys are absolutely doing it right. But before, let's start towards the very beginning. Where did the love for hockey start for you? Oh, boy. You know what I mean? Uh, that just comes from growing up in, in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. Everyone's Regina. I'm like, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Regina. <laughs> not, not Get your mind one. out of the gutter, everybody. Not the, other, not the other one. Not the other one. But, uh, no, just uh, we grew up kind of just like every – Farm boy, I guess we uh, we were out on the pond. We were out on the dugout. Well, we didn't have a pond, but we have a dugout. So back home, that was our drinking water for uh, forever. There, you just dig a big hole in the ground and uh, let it fill up or whatever. So that's awesome. During the winter time, that's where we were most of the time, and wow. it kind of went from there. And um, you know, growing up, uh, so just outside of Regina, we're about thirty miles outside of the big city, uh, the capital of Saskatchewan, um, and. Uh, Small town Sedley, about 200 people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So that's where it the all... The booming town of that's, Regina. That's all where it kind of started. And, you know, at that point... And, and so... It, and it it's similar to, you know, the Columbus Youth Organization here. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, you kind of... You start out, you're really good here. Well, at the next pond, you're not all that good. <laughs> you, but you need to get there to, to be better type thing. So, uh, you know what? When we were 10 years old, me and my uh, twin brother... Um, 
You have you, a twin? Did you guys not I, know I had I, a twin? I did not know you had a twin. another Boom Boom walking around here? <laughs> no, no, no. He's, uh, his his name is Martin. No Boom Boom. Okay, uh, gotcha. Um, but kind of funny because, and I know we're jumping all over the place. But, <laughs> totally uh, fine. That's what this is for. But, uh, you know, growing up, uh, well, let me go with, a, let, let's finish one entity for, or one gotcha. thought first. And so uh, mom and dad took us probably 50 miles uh uh, to Weyburn, Saskatchewan to, to start kind of travel hockey mm-hmm. when we were 10, 10 years old. So uh, we did that uh, for four years, and, uh, and then I'll get into a little bit more. But just with my brother, my brother at the time, um, growing up twin, I was the first one out. Okay, got you. <laughs> so so uh, You're technically the older yeah, brother. Technically 20 minutes older. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know what? And he was, he was small and he was a little timid and he was always hiding behind mom and this and that or whatever. So growing up in hockey, he was always, you know, the last guy to get picked kind of thing or whatever. So, you know, he made every team because of me almost. Yeah, I got you. Um, you know, when I turned 15, it was like, okay, uh, it's going to get real here. And I, I went and played midget triple A. And he chose not to, mm-hmm. and that was kind of at fifteen. I I was gone. <laughs> uh, I was gone out of the house. I was living with uh, a bo- or uh, not a booster family, but a uh, a billet family for six years in Moose Jaw and all that stuff. So, oh, wow. and now now my little brother is a little bit bigger than me. Oh boy! Wow! <laughs> and he's not so skittish and scared. <laughs> I would say he's the Canadian version redneck. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, in Saskatchewan. Good good guy. Very honest. Very. You're going to hear uh, what's on his mind, whether you want He's to. He's going to tell it like it is. W- w- whether you want to or not. Ah, fair. And, and he has a lot of good uh, qualities as far as backing up his thought process. But uh, <laughs> uh, you're definitely going to know about it. Wow. So, things we learned today that yeah. Boom Boom has a, a, a twin. And, and so here's another quick little, uh, it's funny but not funny. So we just turned 53, March 30th. All right. Uh, so I call him on his birthday. Hey, what's going on, bro? Uh, this and that. And he's like, oh, things are good and whatever. I want like a happy birthday. So that was good. Calls me two days later. I think we were maybe not in Watertown. I think we maybe were going to Danbury uh, gotcha. for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he calls, hey. Did you talk to anybody? I'm like, no, I just talked to you. He's like, you talked to mom? You talk? I'm like, no. He's like, I just burnt my house down to the ground. Uh, uh, he was, uh, and a lot of Canadians do this because it's cold out. Right. They uh, put their smoker in their garage. Oh, I got you. <laughs> oh no yeah, that's what they tell you not to do anyways yeah so uh and it, it wasn't a full out fire okay, quite gotcha. yet but uh it was uh some cardboard boxes beside the smoker oh was, no it was kind of smoldering and kind of smoking a he goes oh you know what i better get the car out of the garage open up the garage door and the uh, oxygen and the oxygen from the from opening it up it just went up, and I can just and I was laughing when he was telling me the story. I'm like a brotherly. Com- I'm like I'm so sorry, but I mean everything's all right. You're good, and you know he, I can just envision him running around and swearing and and, 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 and and trying to get stuff out of the house. And um, and but anyways, I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, but this is was paying good, so. one heck of a picture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Starting off with a solid story, boom, boom. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. So 
anyway, so yeah, he's good. Uh, Thank goodness. He's yes. got a good. Uh, I think he's talking to the insurance company this week, and uh, they were probably knock on little, wood. Everything goes okay. There'll yes. probably be a little battle just with everything, you know. Uh, well, in real estate, and uh, you know, you're building houses. There's mm-hmm. yeah. there's nothing to replace anything with, and everything's so high. And yeah. So I have a I have a feeling they're going to be kind of scrapping a little bit over over what the final number is going to be. But oh, man, that, that'll be tough. That's, that's going to be fun. fun. That's anyway. going to be fun to deal with. Well, and, the, and then on his quick quick other side note, as far as back home yeah. in Saskatchewan, hey, he just got finished seating, and, uh, you know, everything went well. We had uh, – we got water uh, standing and, you know, farming. Man, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's that's a, a lifestyle. That it's bad. a beautiful life. It's a lifestyle. You work hard, and but, man, it's just kind of crazy. It's one year – we have sloughs all over the place. Right. You can't get in the fields because it's so wet. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty wet this year. So he's just kind of mudding it in and just mm-hmm. kind of sc- scratching the surface, not even putting, see, uh, you know, not even digging it in a little right. bit. And then the next year you have to put it four inches down to get it, try to, to get, get anything some, going, to get any moisture or whatever. So, but anyways, uh, we're a lot better off than some others. Uh, they can't even get into the fields. It's so oh, wet. So oh, anyways, and, then, and and you just go through, the whole country, out west, Midwest, yeah. or whatever you got the Midwest, they're going for through droughts and up no. Anyways, it's God just, bless our farmers, man. That, yeah. that, oh, gosh, we need them. Oh man, man, yeah, that, that's crazy. a tough life too. Highly, yeah. highly unappreciated. So let's swing back to your hockey career. And when did you find figure out that this is what I want to do for a living? Well, I mean, uh, again, going back to when I left, uh, when when me and my brother left and separated, and I went to play AAA midget, which uh, fifteen through seventeen. Gotcha. I would say it's probably kind of that that process, and then and then really, um, it hockey's changed a lot since twenty five years ago <laughs> when I was there, or whatever, or maybe more than that, thirty or so. We'll say twenty five. Well, maybe even more than that, but <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, Anyways, uh, it's changed a lot. Uh, back then, the way to get to go pro, mm-hmm. um, most of the people went major junior. And, you know, most of the major junior guys, you're going to get drafted and sign contracts and all that stuff. Um, there were, um, and that was the major way to go. Um, now, and they were doing this back then too, is you play a tier two junior and you're more apt to get uh, scholarships uh, down down south, whether it's D1 or D2 or D3 scholarships or whatever. So kind of funny, but at, at 15, um, my parents paid my way to get in, onto that team. Wow. And, you know, paid my billets, paid for me to play hockey for that first year. Uh, the second year, the Moose Jaw Warriors, the junior team that I played with or with the organization, they picked me up, put me on the list, and I was part of their 50-man kind of roster type thing. So, wow. mm-hmm. so you're on the list, and then the, the next year, you're 16 and a half. They come calling, hey, we want you to play a game. Well, as soon as you play a game, you have no – you can't you're – in, you're ineligible to play college hockey down here. Or you can play, but you're not going to get any help, and you're not looking to get scholarships. So really? At, yeah, at, at, at that point, you're – You lose that amateur status. Yeah, so you have to – kind of be educated back then and then and then really when I started going uh when I started playing junior we were oh boy uh, I mean I think 
I the team would put like fourteen hundred dollars away for gotcha. for school, whether you turn pro or or not. And now nowadays that fifteen hundred is more like probably ten and fifteen thousand a year wow. uh, type thing, and that combats that uh, college kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you know you're assured of getting that education type right. thing. So. Um, you know, not really knowing. I mean, hey, a farmer, you always have that to fall back on and, you know, been a farm or whatever. But uh, it's kind of funny. My, one of my first junior coaches, uh, Greg Quisley, mm-hmm. uh, at 17. So I made my junior team. Um, well, actually, I tried out for the junior team and he's like, pulls me in. And I was a, I was a defenseman all the way growing up kind of thing. And he's like, uh, well, you know what, if... Uh, you're you're not going to make it uh you're not going to make it anywhere as a defenseman you're too small mm-hmm. and uh you know you're gonna have to do something special that's when i clicked in and it turned into the boom boom or <laughs> i didn't have the and and the warriors i was the ultimate warrior i did every played that's the, awesome oh my god that's awesome played, played played the same way but i mean i fought everybody as a young kid and and did everything you know played the same way or whatever and that was kind of that was kind of the spiel. So, I mean, lucky enough to get drafted by Hartford in mm-hmm. 1989 and, you know, uh, just just kind of went with it, I guess. And, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know. You, you talk to kids. I, I go to here uh, fortunate enough to talk to kids and, you know, everyone's like, oh, man, how much money do you make? And, and sure. you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, there's a definition between success and being rich, I guess, or, or however you want to put it. I'm like, success to me isn't about money. Success is me actually coming to your school when you're in fifth grade and me being able to talk to you. And if you take anything I say in a positive way and use it to make yourself better, that's what success is. That's that's what drives me kind of thing in general type thing. So you know, money, whatever. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I would like to make it to the NHL and make millions and this and that. But, eh, you know, it's not all about money. I was about to say, it's all about perspective in that point. And for, yep. for you to stay so active in this, it, yep. it's really amazing. I, and you kind of led into our next question. Well, my, at least my next question. Where did your style come in from? It Was it from that, like, you got to do something special? It's like, all right, I'm just going to fight. Well, yeah. And I, I, I just wasn't a fighter because, I'm. I mean, I'm really not that big and I'm really not that tough. Well, I don't know about tough, but come you on say. now. Well, tough, t- let, you got to put a definition. Everyone's definition on a different word is different. That's fair. Right? Okay. So tough, if you're talking about me beating the hell out of you, yes. tough, <laughs> I mean, I did all right. I, that, that wasn't, that's not what made me tough. Got you. The tough was me showing up for the fight and sure. me getting my butt handed to me every now and then. And me just, and this is how kind of weird of a mind I have. And I think I've told you this before. I don't know. but <laughs> I mean, I would much rather fight a guy that's six foot six, six foot seven, mm-hmm. and take my chances on beating him or losing. If I win, I'm a freaking hero. Absolutely. Yeah. If I lose, I just got beat up by a monster. I was supposed, supposed to, to be. But if I f- fight a little guy... <laughs> And beat him up. Well, you just beat up a little guy. But if I lose to the little guy, everything to lose. Then yeah. I, you know. So again, I'd much rather pick that 
big guy and, and uh, you know, get my couple licks in. And I'm like, hey, I won. I, I won that one. I, I, I got the belt. I got the belt type thing. So. Hockey players are built different, Jack. Yes. And it's amazing. So, Before we get to Jack's question, I got to know, when did you get your hockey smile? Oh, boy. So another uh, none of my stories are short. <laughs> I love it, Boom. And this is why we do the podcast because exactly. we have the time to tell them. Yeah, none of my stories are short. So, again, back in junior, uh, you know, 17, my first year playing junior, and guys that were on my hockey team that year, uh, Mike Keane. What? Uh, Mike Keane, you know, captain of every, te- every team that they that he's played on. Right. Actually, Dallas, Montreal, um, uh, Colorado. Only uh, a big deal. Just Theron, kind of a big deal. Theron Fleury. Okay. Oh, my God. He played for the Flames. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Theron Fleury, Kelly Buckberger uh, was right. Uh, yeah, I really wasn't on his team, but he was the year before I got there. Um, you know, captain Edmonton Oilers, yep. captain captain uh, up in Atlanta with the Thrashers yep. type thing. Crazy. So, so, you know, those are the guys that I grew up with. And then <laughs> the other guy was Lyle Odeline. And he played for Montreal, New Jersey, and this and that. And he was a guy that he was missing a tooth, all right? <laughs> I'm like, man, that looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that looks so cool. Two weeks later, in front of the net, uh, screening the goalie, slap shot. One of my own uh, players, Blair Ratchenham, took a slap shot from the blue line, deflected off a stick right in my mouth. Woo! That's awesome. I dropped. Ouch. I dropped like a baby, and I cried. I cried. I cried. It hurt. It was bad. Um, you that, took a puck to the mouth, dude. That happened in the first period. I played the first period, the second period. We were losing. We were getting our asses handed to us, and I'm like, boys, I got to go to the dentist. Right. So for two periods and a little bit, I'm skating around trying to keep my mouth shut because my teeth were cut off at the gums. My roots were hanging out, and it was. Somewhat painful. So, Rex, what so, did you just say about hockey players this, being built different? So, <laughs> wow. So, again, that kind of goes back to that that tough that tough word. What's your definition? I don't know if that's tough or stupid. Stupid. <laughs> well, I, I'm not gonna call you stupid in front of your face. I've, I've definitely. So, learned. Well, I don't want. Hey, <laughs> listen. Uh, anyway, so that's how I got my. And then, uh, and then here's another quick story. So, and and this is this is kind of gets you me into a deeper kind of thing which we can go wherever you want or or afterwards so i mean i'm a true believer in god he's he's talking to us every day Mm -hmm. sir we are so busy half the time so anyways again tooth knocked out my mom calls the next night or the next day she's like you need to go see our dentist in regina which is about a 45 minute drive say from here to like lagrange or something Lagrange noon and on on the number one highway which is uh like 185. Yeah. You know, okay. Gotcha. Type thing. So it was mid January, February. I don't know. So I'm dry. I, I drove a 1986 Jeep Renegade. Nice. Okay. I was 17. Okay. I lost my license prior for being stupid. Uh-oh. Oh boy. N- nothing crazy. Too many, too many points on my license. Good point. Uh, gotcha. uh, stop sign, seat belt, speeding, yada, yada, yada. So yeah. anyways, I lost my license for six months and I just got it back. Right. So, oh, wow. So head into the region, head into Regina. There was an ice storm the night before kind of cruise in, take my time, 45 on the highway, right. like, you know, this and that get to the dentist, everything checked out. Yeah. Your teeth are gone. You know, no, no cracks in your gum or in your jaw or whatever and all that stuff. So uh, everything checked out. 
so I'm on my way back from Moose Jaw or from Regina to Moose Jaw on the number one, and I pass an RCMP. Okay. Mm-hmm. Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yes. State State Patrol. They don't they don't play. And right. Those they are, don't. Those are the guys that got got me half the time anyway. Fair. So <laughs> I didn't have my seatbelt on. <sighs> Put my seatbelt on. Right. About four miles later, hit a patch of ice. 360 on the highway. I rolled eight times oh. into the ditch, uh-huh. into probably four feet of snow, and uh, you know, just what I was. Everything was my Jeep was destroyed, but I sure. was fine. But I say that to say, if God didn't put that RCMP on the side of the road to tell me to put my seatbelt on, I wouldn't be here today. That's yeah. so. I, re- wow. I I really do believe he talks to us, and we're so busy not listening. And I know that's a weird, uh, it's a weird signal or whatever. But I mean, I really do think that. So, anyways, finish that story. Or <laughs> just to finish that story. So the truck driver, <laughs> the truck driver that witnessed what happened, he yeah. pulls over the side of the road. He goes. Right, absolutely. <laughs> he goes, I can't believe I just saw that. Are you all right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I just need a tow truck, and uh, I'll be all right. Just or casually whatever. saying I, I need a tow truck. I, I, was, I was, like, in shock. Like, I mean, I was, I, I yeah, had you no, think? I had a no, little bit. No, no, no clue what just happened. So, anyways, jumped in the, jumped in, the in, in his truck, and he drove me into town and got it fixed and ready to go. All right, so before we move on, Jack, well, let's, let's really break down what we just heard. Like, that, this is a lot. a lot. Not only does Jerome Bouchard take a puck to the mouth, <laughs> continue to play hockey. Granted, That's number two. Granted, point two B, I, we just got done watching M- the NBA Finals in Game 7, where I promise you it looks like people are taking elbows or in a UFC fight every time someone sneezes on you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, this dude is skating for another period plus after taking a puck to the face. Yeah. Rolls over eight times in his Jeep. Mm-hmm. Gets us like, yeah, I just need a tow truck. And then goes to get his, <laughs> d- goes to get his mouth fixed. Dude! <laughs> Does it, <laughs> Qualifies for one of the toughest yeah. leaps on this podcast that we've had so far. This is amazing. I have no words. <laughs> yeah, no. First of all, so glad that you're with us. Yes. Yeah. Tremendous less. Actually, what's ironic is that you're the second person who's gone through something kind of, like that. Something like that, like yeah. a car accident as a guest. But it, yeah. it is a real moment that like, God has something for you, and as mm-hmm. crazy as it's going to be, oh, yeah. there's a reason you're here. Oh, he's protected me. He's That's protected crazy. me many times. <laughs> there's, anyways, yeah. And um, one of the lot, fun yeah. things as we do is like, hey, just to ask Bashar about the the hockey smile, and then he'll yes. he'll pop out the <laughs> teeth. Pop out the teeth. <laughs> I mean, that's it's. The, and uh, if you if you're ever in the Civic Center, like kind of the bowels of the Civic Center, for anyone who's listening and watching, there's a phenomenal picture of you just smiling. As a cod mouth with your hockey smile. Yeah, and I just, I think I just got finished fighting, and I think I <laughs> probably didn't do as well as I thought I did. And, and I'm just laughing, and man, that was great. That was great. The, adre- the adrenaline was still pumping at that point. Yeah. Jack, go ahead, man. Man, that, whew, that might qualify as an all time segment, right? Yeah, that, that's awesome. For real, though. Uh, okay, so, uh, man, so you're in, you're in juniors, yeah. and you're progressing your way into minors. You know, when was your first opportunity to come south, as you say? Well, so to just follow the career, and I got a couple highlights that are really freaking cool. Nice. That a lot of people don't have that opportunity. So, um, like I said, I was drafted by Hartford in 89. Yeah. Um, My first training camp was in Lake Placid, New York. Oh, wow. 1980 Olympics. Uh, Yeah. It was pretty incredible. Uh, Gordy Howe, not that he was playing, but right. he, he was just, that was the last team he kind of played for when he was 50, I think, <laughs> playing with his son um, type thing. So he was at training camp and 
you know, you you just see that guy, the legend. Like, I mean, it's, it's Gordy. Just, yeah, it's, yeah, he's right there. You know, just unbelievable. So, um, first training camp, Lake Placid, New York, Olympic size ice. Wow. Boom, boom, boom had no business being on on Olympic <laughs> size ice. Let me tell you. So, yeah. So, when you step out on there, what is it like? Well, I mean, um, so you know, that's amateur for the most part. So there is no, there's not a whole lot of. Uh, um, billboards and, you know, gotcha. you, you know, uh, you know, all your, all your sponsors on yeah. this and that, it's just ice and boards kind of right. thing. So, mm-hmm. so just being on that was pretty cool. But again, I had no business being there and then being a 19 year old that kind of, you know, I had a great year in junior. Like, I mean, heck, uh, we had an unbelievable line, Blair Atchinum and Rob Harvey were my right wing and centerman. And I think, one that last year, my last year, my second last year, I mean, I had eighty-five points, ninety points. It was, uh, I Nothing was, to sneeze at. I was awesome. Up, I was up with Mike Madano and 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 those guys in in junior as far wow. as goal scoring and the whole kind of nine yards type thing. So it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, but I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared uh, as a professional. I was a you know a young punk that thought I was pretty darn good and. You know, you can get by with, you know, what God's given you. Well, not so much. <laughs> Can't skate. You know, I still had that, you know, and why they drafted me is because that heart, that run through the brick wall kind of thing, uh, type thing, they like that and or whatever. But, I mean, I wasn't ready to compete. Gotcha. Got sent back to junior, my last year junior. I had a phenomenal year. Um, Hartford ended up not signing me. And then uh, Barry Webster was our president of our junior team. And his brother was Tom. And Tom was the head coach of the LA Kings. Okay. At the time. Back in uh, 89, 90-ish kind okay. of thing. So, was Gretzky still and, with the Oilers at this No, point? that's when Gretzky yeah. he went to LA. had just jumped. That, oh, had just wow. Jumped, and that's where the story's gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know what? Good uh, job, Rick. Way to ruin it. So, My bad. Yeah. So, so you know, with that connection of, of Tom Webster and his brother coaching, I got a tryout with the LA Kings. You know, just a tryout, nothing, no contract, no anything. And fortunate enough to have LA was moving their farm team from New Haven, Connecticut, mm-hmm. which they had a contract for two years to finish that, but they were moving their farm team to Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So they needed you know, to fill two minor league teams, basically. So they needed probably 85 guys under contract where usually they're right around 50, okay. you know, type mm-hmm. thing or whatever. You know, you got your 25 to 28 in the NHL and then you got your 25 down in the minors kind of thing, type thing at, at uh, all different levels. And back then the East Coast League wasn't there, which is double A type thing. So it was mm-hmm. all American League or International League type thing. So first training camp, uh, with the LA Kings was in Hull, Quebec. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce McNall was the owner. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, uh, Marty McSorley, all those guys. So, you know, hotel, you go into this five-star hotel in, in Hull, Quebec and walking up kind of thing. And I was just out cruising around, kind of checking it out. And there's this big limo that pulls up to the, up, up to the hotel. And who's in the limo? Bruce McNall, Wayne Gretzky, Janet Jones, his wife, they, right. they pull out kind of thing or whatever. So that's pretty darn cool right there. Wow. wow. <laughs> so anyways, go to the rink the next morning. Whose team am I on? 
You're on Gretzky's team. I'm on Gretzky's team. What? I'm on Gretzky's team. You know, so, so they, we had 80 guys there, so they split you up into kind of four teams, and, you know, you had four different practices sure. and type thing or whatever. So, um, yeah, we're I'm in Gretzky's locker room. Uh, <laughs> and I had one guy that was drafted in the third round that just signed for – just signed, and I think his bonus was like $75,000, right? So, Must be nice. You know, yeah, nothing to see – so we're all the young guys are in there and we're there and this guy is just talking about oh I just signed and blah 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 and he keeps going on and on, and the big boys start coming in Wayne Gretzky, Marty McSorley, Jay Miller, uh, Granado, right. Sandstrom. Those guys were all on our team and this guy's still talking about his seventy five grand. I'm like, can you just be quiet? I want to hear the boys. I want to hear the big boys. I want to hear the big boys talk. You know, kind of thing. So and meanwhile, Wayne uh, walks in like, yeah, I just spent that on a car. What do you yeah, want me to do? Yeah, you know. So it was it was pretty cool. Uh, Wayne, um, you know, didn't have a whole lot of interaction. Yes, he was in our locker room, but I mean, great guy. Just uh, we were went out for practice. I think it was that same day, and uh, one of us, one of uh, somebody's stick got close to his face, like. One of the sure. peons. One of, us, <laughs> one of the peons. One of the kids that didn't need to be there uh, on the same ice with him uh, got close to his face, and he literally just kind of skated off. <laughs> he goes, ah, I don't need to be out here. Kind of <laughs> takes his gear off and just <laughs> whatever. Anyway, so. Way to go, guys. That's yeah. a reality check. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, anyways, it was, it, was, it was pretty cool and enlightening and all that stuff. So, um, so that was my first year with L.A. Um, got a contract. Uh, they sent me to New Haven, um, spent, uh, pretty much, well, no, I was back and forth and kind of go back to, you know, I, I was there, but I didn't feel confident in, in, you know, my first 25 games in New Haven, Connecticut, I sat in the stands. Oh, wow. Just, you know, whatever, what's going on? Not con- I was a drill wrecker. I was that, I was the MJ Graham. <laughs> I was MJ Graham. Hi, MJ. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, just, you know what? I didn't feel confident. The puck blowing up off your stick and this and that or whatever. So, anyways, uh, from New Haven, uh, uh, Phoenix. They sent me to Phoenix, Arizona for a month uh, type thing. They got injuries. So, I dressed 15 games in Phoenix, Arizona. And in 15 games, probably played 15 shifts. So, you know, whatever. They sent me back to New Haven and... I'm like, finally, just clicked. I'm like, I can do this, mm-hmm. you know. And from that point on, I never got out of the lineup. And I had like, I, I don't know, eight goals, eleven assists, 150 penalty minutes. Uh, <laughs> 157 minutes. <type laughs> uh, uh, for a guy that really, for the most part, my ice time was very limited. Uh, best tenth forward in the league. <laughs> um, just sit there and wait, kind of thing. And that ha- the, that happened two years in a row. So uh, I signed another deal with LA um, to play in New Haven the following year. And we had a really good year and uh, this and that. But uh, um, from that point, from that point, um, they, I figured out, you play two years in American League AAA, surely to God, you're going to get a contract somewhere or whatever. And nothing ever kind of happened. And it's not, well, it's not, it's funny, but not funny. I had uh, an agent at the time, Art Breeze, Got me those first two deals, and you know you're in with the guys, and they're like, "Hey, you should use my agent. He's really good, Steve Bartlett." I mean, whatever. So I switched agents oh after my second year. <laughs> Never got another contract oh, no. afterwards. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, but anyways, with with uh, with the second year in New Haven, that was it. Summertime comes along, and 
you know, kind of said I would never play in the East Coast League because it was a beer-drinking goon league. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, played my whole career at that level for the most part. So. I love that. Um, so after, after that year, uh, a buddy of mine was a player coach in Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, he, like I said, he was a player coach. And Cincinnati and Birmingham were affiliated okay. uh, with each other, and Birmingham being in the East Coast League. Um, and so Bruce Garber, which the old, the old coach from uh, Cottonmouth, he still lives in town, by the way. <laughs> um, he, he, he was the coach in Birmingham. So he calls uh, one day, and, you know, my mom takes a message or whatever and this and that, and she's like, ah, he's out on the tractor. He'll call you back uh, shortly or whatever. And it takes like three days. To of take course. Like, he's like, man, you must have a really big farm. It took you three days to, uh, <laughs> to get back home and call. So anyways, uh, talk to him, and he's like, uh, and talk to Al Tour, and Al's like, just go down to Birmingham. I'll have you in Cincinnati before you know it and uh, type thing. So that w- would have been my first trek down south. Uh, so I played four years with the Birmingham Bulls, and, um, you know, kind of cool. Um, scared. I mean, uh, scared. Yes, I was in New Haven, but I flew there, didn't drive, didn't do anything. Um, on my way down to Birmingham, uh, it was my first kind of trek. You know, I drove all the way down. Oh, wow. And, um, I had $4,000 in my briefcase, cash, and I'm – came through Minneapolis to over to Chicago and then down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back in the day, you don't have GPS. You know, <laughs> I had the old uh, AAA, uh, AAA ticker. There uh, you go. The, the map, and you just kind of kept on rolling. Yep. And, well, mm-hmm. like driving through downtown Chicago, I'm like, please, God, don't make me, don't let me get off on the wrong exit. Fair. Or whatever, or this and that, which, you know, I don't think Chicago was nearly what it is today. That's back then, point. maybe. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But still, I, I mean... You're a, a farm boy from nowhere in Saskatchewan and, uh, you know, just kind of scared. But coming through, stopping, you start getting down south, Louisville, Kentucky, this and that. Uh, couldn't understand a word anybody was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, anyways, got to Birmingham and, uh, yeah. The translator, the southern translator yeah, kicked in right around kicked there? kicked in good. Kicked <laughs> in, and I fit good in. I, I, I fit in well over in Alabama. I had no teeth already, so it was fine. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> I love this guy. As a farm boy from just a different part, but farm boys are farm boys and everyone oh, gets along. This man. is great. Yeah. Boom, you're the best. So yeah. you make your way to the, uh, as you described, the beer drinking goon league. Yeah. The ECHL, baby. But uh, making your way to the River Dragons, I, yeah. what was that like to see? Like Columbus automatically, and I'm guilty of this Columbus, Ohio, everyone assumes yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But Columbus, Georgia, being the hockey town that it is, did it surprise you? Um, it really did. Like back, back in 96, 97, um, uh, getting over here and here's another kind of quick story. Sorry. Um, no, dude, this is exactly what the podcast is for. Just coming, just coming from Birmingham. So, uh, Bruce Garber was there the first year and he didn't get hired on. Okay. Phil Roberto was the general manager or was the head coach after that over in Birmingham. And, um, they had fired Phil that last year, like uh, 95, 96. They fired Phil about halfway through the year. And, um, you know, the owner calls me in uh, on a Tuesday, and he's like, uh, hey, Bish, I'm firing Phil in the morning. Um, I was on a Monday night. He called me and went, you know, never good to go over to the owner's house so <laughs> during the week. Uh, so he was telling me what was going on, and uh, and, you know, I'm like, okay, so – 
you know, I'm usually the first guy there. I was a little late getting there uh, on Tuesday, but they fired Phil, and he basically asked me to be kind of a player coach, the true Reggie Dunlop, uh, <laughs> slap shot kind of guy, until they hired somebody. And uh, I'm like, well, yeah, I can can do that. So um, took over. We played three games. I was two and one um, okay. type thing. And then uh, they started, uh, the rumors started kind of, uh, percolating on who they were bringing in Birmingham, and it was Dennis DeRoger. And uh, uh, he had just been released from Cincinnati uh, type thing, and, you know, the teams were affiliated together yeah. type thing or whatever. So um, sure enough, uh, his name kind of started bringing up. And, and I don't know Dennis very well other than um, he was kind of a hard-nosed hockey player and a, and a hard-nosed coach and, and good and whatever. But a lot of people didn't hear a lot of good things about him as players. So all, all the guys that are on the team in 95, 96, they're like, hey, if he's coming, I'm out. I'm, I'm asking for a trade. I'm, oh, like, wow. I'm like, whoa, 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 just relax. He can't, can't be as bad as, uh, you know, everyone says, you know, so let's give him a chance. So came in. Um, his first words out of his mouth, the first time he addressed the team was, and we were two points out of the playoffs with about 25 games, maybe. I mm -hmm. don't know, maybe a little bit more. I'm not 100% sure, but um, I don't really care if we win another game all year. I'm here to see who wants to play for me next year. I'm like, oh, boy. That's <laughs> here we go. So, anyways, we go on to lose a few more games, and um, and uh, we were down in Lafayette, Louisiana, and I come off the ice, and all the guys, all the players were looking at me and kind of shaking their head. I'm like, what? He's like, we'll tell you later. Get off or the game, game's over, get on the bus, and the guys are like, hey, coach was just dogging you, just calling you this and that and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so I made a, <clears throat> a decision to uh, say, hey, that was my last game I'll ever play in Birmingham uh, oh, wow. type thing. So um, I went into the owner and said, hey, I think you hired the wrong guy. I mean, I did, I've done everything you've asked me to do, whatever, but uh, I'm not playing for this guy. So, And all the guys wanted to quit. I'm like, no, 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 let me do what I'm doing. And my wife was uh, – we had a house there, and it's not, it's not what I wanted. I did not want to leave Birmingham. But anyways, long story short, my wife was pregnant afterwards. And, oh, wow. Uh, um, and at that point, I knew I wasn't going back to Birmingham. Uh, and there's more to the story, but uh, I don't want to drag it on. <laughs> um, but uh, so I had a contract either Columbus or um, New Mexico. And I had a contract in my house to go to New Mexico. My w wife, Rhonda, was staying in Birmingham, figure out what the heck was going on, where I was going to be. And if it was you know, a good place, then she'd come later. So um called Charlie Morrow, uh, the first owner in Columbus, and uh, talked, and I'm like, I go, Charlie, I don't need a whole lot more. I just need a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, Got and a family. I, and, I, and I don't want to, and I don't want to go to New Mexico. I mean, this is four hours away from, or two hours away from Birmingham. Um, this is where I really like to be. So he's like, oh, okay. So I pulled a few uh, appearances at Golden Park for the Red Sticks. <laughs> the next, anyway, so that's that's where it came. Uh, that's how I got here. And then as far as as far as the community receiving it, like I mean, the Civic Center is brand new. Nobody knew hockey. Nobody knew anything. Well, there was a few Northern people, but for the most part, nobody knew hockey. So, you know, goatee, long hair, no teeth. <laughs> 
You fit right in. You know what? You know, I mean, and, and, and as a player, too, I mean, I just had a good knack of knowing, like, I mean, I'm an athletes. We're entertainers. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the 80s, 90s, like uh, wrestling, like, I mean, mm-hmm. everyone had nicknames. Like, yeah. I mean, all yeah. of us had nicknames. Uh, kind of going over the the wrestling kind of thing or whatever, and and that's what sold. So I knew, I mean, and we sold out first two, three years. We probably sold out four, five, six times and wow. averaged 4,500, 5,000 a night uh, for, for the first two years. So, hey, you know there was 4,000 people in the building. You know Boom Boom was going to scrap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I just kind of had to figure out who <laughs> and when and at the right time. Exactly. Um, type thing. So, and I did, I, I mean, again, entertainer. Knew when to do it, knew when not to do it. I didn't get 450 penalty minutes in a year by being uh, smart all the time. There. <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, I mean, I usually took somebody with me. So, anyways, just uh, after that first year, yeah, yeah, this is a hockey town. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's awesome. And it, still, and it still is. And, it very and, much still is. And, and, and uh, you know what? Hockey and, and, and I think any sport, it's cyclical. I mean, uh, you know, you go through your ups and downs and this and that. And I, I mean, you know, as far as attendance and all that stuff, it's it's cyclical. When you think about it, you're a young guy, you know, you're not married. Oh, you got your first job. You got all the money in the world. I'm going to the hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, then you got a girl. Then you take your girlfriend there and that's fine. You still have no bills. You're still good. <laughs> then all of a sudden the kids come. Well, the kids are good. Kids are good. They're, it doesn't cost me to bring them because they're little. They're mm-hmm. uh, you know under under two, so they can sit in my lap. Um, but then when they start getting into school and activities, one you may not have you might have the money, but you don't have the time. Yeah, and it's just kind of cyclical. So you always mm-hmm. gotta kind of gotta rock the wave, rock the wave, and 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 keep on recruiting and not recruiting, but you got to get people. You got to motivate motivate people to you know get in uh get into it and stay into it and i think oh, go, go ahead jack my bad no you're good man uh so talking about the cotton mouse and i'm especially in the late 90s and early 2000s the, you know you could honestly could you know call them the glory years you know yep. the years where you had scoring on with you and yep. you had um craig Goulet yeah and just talk about being in the locker room with those guys and you know just the culture that you had that was hockey was bringing to the city yeah you know what i mean uh just the guys that we've grown up with and this is what's so freaking cool about hockey well and it, it it probably relates to all the major sports and all sports in general i don't really miss being on the ice really yeah i miss the guys you miss yeah. the guys that camaraderie and the and you know what you walk in the locker room and there's Dougie man and you tell the same stupid joke <laughs> about the dude and you you know if I I just give one I say one word and I know I got him wrapped around my finger and he's firing <laughs> back a hundred times and I, if I fired him everybody's going to fire him because you know you can you know you can uh you know you can just get under his kind of skin that's kind of what you miss, and and you go back to the other story with Gretzky and, and McSorley. You you miss that. You know, I didn't want to hear anything about other guys. I wanted to hear what Gretzky and those because every locker room is the same. And it doesn't matter what locker room you're in and whatever level, it's all the same. You know, yeah. type thing. So, you know what? Uh, just the you know we we've always had, and uh, it started with Phil and and Bruce Garber. 
um, you know, continue with me and whether it was Cottonmouths or River Dragons, I think it starts at from the top and bringing that culture in. It's so important to not have, not just have good hockey players, but have good people. Um, have good, have good, good people, good players. And, and when I say good people, the guys that are doing it for the right reasons and it's community, it's, I'm going to go to battle for you. You're, you're lucky enough to be on my team. You're my boy. I got, yeah. I got your back no matter what. And that, and that's what it is. And like Craig Stahl, Oren Hergott and all the championship teams are even more special, but every guy that I ever played with, if they needed something pick up the phone and you're there. And that's what, that's what, that's what uh, it's all about. And it's a beautiful thing. So let's talk a little bit about towards the end of the times with the Kyle mouse. And uh, I rem- <clears throat> I remember there's one day where you came in here and on the show and it was the day where they announced that they weren't coming back for the year. Yeah. You know, you know, you tried so hard because you had transitioned to coach by this point. Yeah. And you had tried so hard, you know, doing everything you could to um, keep the team around. Yeah. You know, what was it like going through all that? Well, you know what? I mean, uh, looking back, <clears throat> looking back hindsight, I mean, um, like Wanda and Shelby Amos are, you know, our are, are previous owners. Like, uh, you know, first of all, to have uh, Martha and Charlie Morrow bringing us here. And starting it, and then all this, you know, 97, 98, Charlie passed away with cancer. Um, and Martha having three young kids, you know, she didn't have time and, you know, type thing. And Juan and Shelby step in. And Juan and Shelby are the most generous, unbelievable people there are in the community. Um, they like to not be flashy. They like to kind of sit back and, and uh, not take a whole lot of accolades or whatever. And uh, when I took over, they allowed me to run it now looking back uh over over things the first couple years were great easy transit not easy but i mean it just seemed to work and then um things started transitioning as far as employees down there and you know i'm trying to save the team money by me being the general manager and the hockey coach and the hockey director and just doing everything yeah and you know what you know what's more important like, what's like? What is? And right now, it's the River Dragons. But as a cotton mouse, what's more important: the front office staff or the players? Mm-hmm. I mean, neither one of them are are. They're both important, you know. So you run running two teams, you know. As a player, you tend to say, "Hey, you got the easiest job ever. You're selling me. You get to sell me." <laughs> you know, as a player. Yeah. Well, not everybody's like that. You know, um, and you know these guys, these guys over here, the other, the other, um, the other team that you're running up front, they tend to say, "Hey, these guys over here, they work about an hour and a half a day. <laughs> <laughs> they get to practice an hour and a half a day, and they're out." And these guys over here are, are busting their butts nine to five, or probably eight to midnight, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times on game days and this and that. So. You know, uh, it's a kind of a tough uh, entity to kind of intertwine. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to, you know what? You signed your deal. If you wanted to be this guy, you should have been a hockey player. <laughs> not the marketing, not the not the head marketing guy for the club's cop mouse. You should have been a hockey player. Yeah. And anyway, so, uh, I mean, 
back back at the, at the end when it was kind of not falling apart, but just uh, it wasn't going to come back. I mean, uh, looking back probably four years earlier, I probably should have hired a coach and stepped away and run the business and or I should have hired a general manager and let them do that and let me kind of separate both. And yeah. Kind of looking back, it's if, if that's one thing that I uh, that I regret or made a mistake at, it's probably that. And and Wanda and Shelby being who they are, they're like, hey, you do whatever you want to do. You know? So uh, hindsight, it, 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 it hurt a little bit. But um, knowing uh, just – you know, knowing who I am and, and you know what I go for, and then and then hockey goes away, then you find out who, then you find out who your friends are. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, yeah. well, not not your friends, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I've been here for that long, and they're like, oh, you'll have no problem uh, getting a job and whatever. But I mean, at the same time. You know, there's not a whole lot of people hiring uh, 45-year-old guys with uh, grade 12 education that uh, runs, uh, runs a hockey team. You know? It has a phenomenal smile as well. well. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but it, but uh, at the end of the day, and, and you know what, and transitioning to kids that are going to school, I mean, it is important nowadays to have an education. But that education doesn't open a door for you. You know, and, you know, who opens the door? Like, I mean, you, you need somebody, like, if you follow my career or in hockey, whatever it is, there's always somebody that's kind of opened the door for me. Yeah. And what, what they didn't walk through it, and they didn't, uh, you know, sell yourself. We're all salespeople when it comes down to it. Like, I, yeah. I, I mean, so, you know what, uh, it, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, getting out there and doing that. So um, when hockey went away, I did a couple little things here and there and uh, got my real estate license. And they're like, hey, real estate has your name all over. Everyone knows who you are. And and in real estate, that's half that's half of it. Yeah. That's half the battle. And really, I mean, it, the way I'm thinking of it, I'm just coaching something different. You know, I've been to the school. I know all this stuff. I know how to. Well, I don't think I could build a house, but I know how to build a house. <laughs> I'm pretty good at, I, I mean, I know a lot of things about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, uh, so with real estate, it, it just kind of transitioned perfectly. I'm, I'm coaching you how to buy a house. And you know what? You get to have Boom Boom protect you because if somebody messes with you... Well, knock the hell out of him. <laughs> Not really. I mean, that's somebody. So, I, I would so love to have Boom Boom in my corner. I don't know about you, Rex. No, no. Again, if you want to mess with a guy named Boom Boom, that's on you. I, I, the rest I think, is on you. But I, but it comes down to, and this is, uh, again, getting probably deeper or whatever. What motivates me is not money. It's mm -hmm. not success, whatever, yes. But it's about helping people. And that's what the world is all about. It's not about me. It's about everybody around me and how do I make you better as a friend or how do I make you better as a teammate? How do I make you better as a, you know, an agent or whatever? How do you help people? And I think if in general, if more people had a little bit of more time on their hands and put their phones down and not be so much on Facebook and seeing exactly what other people are doing, don't worry about what other people are doing unless you're going to help them become better. You know, um, so anyways, that's my, that's my soap opera story. That's a fun, <laughs> well, it's a phenomenal philosophy. Exactly. Should, it really on, is. Honestly should. Um, as we 
cycle back to the birth of the river dragons. Yeah. Now, I mean, Scott Brand said, like, this is the first guy I have to, I have to call. <laughs> what was the initial reaction, though? Like, hey, is that another well, joker trying to make hockey work? What's this for? Well, you know, fortunately, I knew, I knew Scott before. Um, it was pretty good. Um, you know, he was head of our officials in the SPHL for, for five, six, seven years type thing. So, so it's a different conversation. Yeah. Now. So, uh, you know, I know who he is, but I didn't know who Jeff Krupp was. Um, and... Quite frankly, back when the River Dragons started or came about, I mean, I was still kind of trying to get an SPHL team in here. I okay. mean, I was, you know, even two and three years after we were gone, still, you know, and, and with Juan and Shelby and myself too, because, I, I mean, I was at the start of the SPHL. Like, I mean, yeah. we, we founded that league. Wow. We were kind of the, the one of the main, the, the, the original six kind the, of thing. The original four, <laughs> there as, you go. As, they, as they say. So, you know what? That was the league to be in and uh, this and that. And so between uh, between Jeff and Scott coming in and having meetings with them and not really me, not really knowing that, and I was still trying to get an SBHL team here, whatever, and, and then talking with uh, the building director at the time, John Dorman, he's like, hey, yeah, these guys are good. I, I mean, I think we're probably going to go with them. I'm like, here, darn it. <laughs> darn it uh but anyways not brando and i talked her a little bit and then it's the the funny story is jeff jeff i mean you don't know me i've never played and jeff has been been involved in hockey and minors uh here and there and as a nhl equipment guy kind of thing so um he's been around and he knows but i've never crossed paths you know, type thing and and he's like, I don't know who in the hell this guy is, this boom boom guy is, but everyone says if hockey's in Columbus, you got to bring him along. He's got to be, uh, you know. So, you know, finally Matt, we went out for dinner. I'm like, well, listen, I don't need to be involved, but I mean, I know I can help you. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, does everything jive? And the first year, um, my uh, youngest daughter Kylie was going to Auburn for. Uh, for, she got a scholarship for soccer. Hey, and, there we go. And, um, and you know, she just graduated and this and that. So I'm like, I go, Jeff, I really don't want to coach. I mean, my daughter's playing soccer. I plan some watching her play and, and traveling a little bit with them and this and that. So I really don't want to coach. Um, community relations. I'm a, I'm a good community guy. Like, I mean, just let me be that guy. I'll open doors. I'll uh, Whatever you need me to do, I'll do that. Other than coach, <laughs> other than coach, <laughs> and he's like perfect. I think, I, and I think I still have business cards that say hey, community director or community relations. Uh, Talk about a uh, rare artifact at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know that was fine. They had the press conference and all that stuff, and then uh, then then they start working on it. They're like, hey, why would we hire a coach? You're right here. I mean, just coach. Yeah, I mean, coach. I mean, I don't. I go, Jeff. I don't have time. I I really don't. My real estate business is going well, and you know, family you know, this and that or whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to be on the bus 10 hours uh, a trip. You know, I just uh, can't do it. He's like, well, just hire somebody to do it. We'll hire somebody to go on the road with uh, instead of you. I'm like, oh boy. Okay. Well, it's, so we did that, did that. And uh, that didn't work out as, as planned. And, you know, after the first three, four months, I was, wasn't the head coach, but I was the head coach. <laughs> I was traveling, so that's kind of the, the spiel, but, uh, um, it's been good. And, and, uh, you know, again, uh, 
hockey has changed so much and hockey players have changed so much. Um, and, and even, even when I st- first started coaching wise, um, it's probably not so much even, uh, even an X and O type thing. I'm not a, as a coach, you're not a, a coach coach. I'm a psychologist and oh. I didn't go to school for it. <laughs> Just listen. Just li- <laughs> a lot of uh, players need to be listened to. And these kids nowadays, even, even more so, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, I said something the wrong way or I didn't play you the right way. I mean, I know, I know something's bothering you. I know something's bothering you, just how you walk around me. You know, whatever. Good morning, no good morning, whatever. I know something's bothering you. You need to come in and talk to me. Because whether you like what I have to say afterwards, whether you like it or not, you're going to feel better talking about it what I might tell you to get the out of my office and you're full of crap, but you're going to feel better about getting it off and, and at least it's out in the open. And you know what? On a rare occasion, I may be wrong. <laughs> Let no. the record show. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, dude, uh, and just uh, with everything you do, you're learning every day. I mean, I don't know everything and I never claim to and I, and I won't. And I'll, I'll, every day you're learning it. If you claim to know everything, you're that guy. Yeah, <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit. You get Pat, you get back playing after the pandemic wipes out the end of the first year. Yep. And you are playing for the Ignite Cup Championship in the Civic Center. You know, you have an opportunity to raise a banner. What was that night like? You know, you blow out Elmira and <laughs> and you hang another banner in the Civic Center. Yeah, you know what? I mean, uh, that whole year, that whole shortened season was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, kind of crazy to the fact where, you know what, only half the teams were playing. And you know what? And, uh, and not to get off topic again, but, I mean, I always tend to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the Birmingham Bulls called me to help them out. I mean, I was, they offered me the head coaching job, to be honest with you. No way. Wow. Yeah. And uh, their coach kind of took off right before their season was going to start. And, you know, we got pushed back, delayed, pushed back, delayed, pushed back again or whatever. And, you know, I, I'm like, at the time, Craig Simchuk, former player mm-hmm. uh, for me, former captain or whatever, he was, uh, he was over there as an assistant. I'm like, I'm like, you guys, that's your coach. I will come over until we start playing. I will come over and, and help him. I'll be there every day or whatever you need me to do. I'll be over there. So it kind of started kind of crazy, crazy, (laughs) crazy that way. Again, real estate, (laughs) I'm helping coach another team in another city and then still kind of waiting for us to see what's going on here. So, um, and just that whole season with, uh, you know, that's gone or whatever, but the group of guys that we had, um, again, we had a very eclectic group. It was, <laughs> it, it was, uh, an all-star team. Basically the four teams that were playing were an all-star team, Wow, yeah. you know, of all the other teams that weren't playing and then East coast league, the Southern pro league, not all their teams were playing. So, so they were playing here. They were playing here. Well, and again, talking about that psychologist kind of thing, like, I mean, you had guys that, you know, in their mind, they're like, ah, I'm playing with a fed, fed player. 
I've played in the East Coast League, but I can't be on the same ice with this guy. Kind right. of thing I'm too good for this kind of thing. You know, so it was a t- it, it, as good as we were. It was a tough year to manage. It was a wow. tough tough year to manage. So to pull it all together at the end and get all that out of the way and actually have guys kind of buy in and and get it and put the team first, not so much yourselves and. Athletes in general, I mean, uh, they don't understand. I mean, a, a lot of players, I guess, on uh, the college kind of come out and first year, second year, third year guys, they don't realize who has an influence on where they go and what. You know, I'm like, hey, you're worried about tw- scoring 25 goals in our league. You know what? I can, I can stop. I can help. <laughs> I can help say that, you know what, you only scored 15, but you played the right way the whole way. They don't want a guy that plays the wrong way and scores 25 and doesn't know how to back check and doesn't know how to play in their own end. The next guy at the next level doesn't want that. You know, so I'd much rather you score 10 and 15 and learn how to play both sides of the ice kind of thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty it was pretty tough. And again, what motivates me? It's not so much money wins and losses yeah it it gets me going to win but really what gets me going is the fact that they actually got what i was putting down exactly you know they came together as a team they came together at the right time they put their differences aside whatever they were and kind of came together that's what motivates me and then and then really to blow to you know blow elmire out Never thought that would happen. Never thought that would happen. We were all in shock in the Civic yes. Center when that happened. Yeah. And even around, like, we're just like, oh, my gosh, this, this and, team's just playing on a different and then, level. And then, well, and then really, too, to play just about every game in the Civic Center. Like, I mean, we wow. didn't we didn't travel. Yeah, right? yeah that's mean, right. Which was kind of nice, but not really. <laughs> really? Yeah, because, I mean, as a t- the team... That's what when you travel, you get on the road. That's where you build that camaraderie, right? You get you know you get away from home and you you know you do shoe checks and you put leaners on the hotel room doors <laughs> and this and that, toothpaste on phones. <laughs> <laughs> A view into Boom Boom's life on the road. You That's know, awesome. I, I mean you. You know, dismantle a guy's room and put their beds out in the parking lot. Oh my I mean, god! Wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, like that's good stuff. That, that's amazing <laughs> stuff. First of all, the patience to do that. Boomer would be a tremendous and also a headache of a roommate now. That, that that's no, awesome. No, 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 no. That, that's not what I would do. No, that's no the guys. okay. Uh, uh, it's the guys. Yeah, it's the guys. The, it's guys. the guys. Got it. Coach, yeah, all no, right. Nobody, that's amazing. Yeah. Anyways, uh, no, that's that would be a Craig Stahl kind of main, <laughs> main go-to. Like one, who has the time to grab the key from that room, right? And really take a 35, 40 minutes and take your beds downstairs and put them <laughs> put them down by the pool. Just, <laughs> I just imagine the hotel staff like, hey, sir, we have a we have a bed by the pool. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> what are we doing? There's an actual bed by our pool. <laughs> I. Hockey players. <laughs> oh, that's good. But, but uh, and then re- you just go back to, you know, raising a, raising the cup. And as a coach, yeah. as a coach and a player, it's two different things. Which one's better? My opinion, player. Yeah. Um, you just, uh, I don't know. Just as a coach, I've done my job. And it's not about me. It's about them. Mm-hmm. 
and you just kind of I'm proud of them and I love it but it's their time I've already had my time <laughs> now so it's it's pretty cool um it's good and and I and again what gets me is the fact that they come together and it's and we are so close this year <laughs> so yeah, close this year yeah you I, should have. I, I mean um that one hurts a little bit but uh no I, that, that's that's what motivates me that's pretty cool awesome so this is the point of the program where we're breaking away from all the hockey talk. We've done a lot of hockey talk, and what a story. <laughs> we could do another podcast with we, you. We could do another Coach, two hours. Uh, but we're going to break away and learn more about the person behind the behind – the, My wife? Su- no, no, my oh, lord. Oh, okay. The better half. Okay. The better yeah. half, first of yeah. all. But but behind the suit and tie and the behind – we're going to go outside the box, which is apropos because you spend a lot of time inside <laughs> Inside the box. a box, yeah. So, who is Boom Boom away from the rink? Oh, I'm the guy that you're standing in line at the grocery store, and you just kind of look over, and I'm like, hey, how are you? Good morning. <laughs> hey, everything good? And all of a sudden, we're, we're best friends, and I'm helping you uh, cut your grass or put a fence up. I'm I'm that guy. Um, I mean, I tend not to meet strangers. I just enjoy people. I enjoy talking and again helping and 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 you know obviously I people a lot of people in town know who I am there's a lot that don't um but at the same time we're always selling yeah I'm selling myself I'm and not that I'm looking to sell your house but I mean I don't know everybody has everybody has a story yes right yeah everybody has a life Nobody knows what portion of life you're at. And you know what? I mean, and, and again, I go back to we are so, the majority of us are so enthralled about our own lives, our own kids and this and that. I'm enthralled by everybody. I'm, and just what's going on with you? Everything good? Uh, you know, I mean, you know, I, I go back to playing in New Haven, Connecticut up north. I mean, if you're walking down a uh, sidewalk in the morning, you said good morning to somebody, they're like, they would stare you down. Like, well, why is that guy talking to me? You know? I you just, know? Yeah, that, that that was always so weird to me. But I, it's very refreshing for to hear you say that, just because I know in a world, like, as you mentioned, yeah. we're always buried in our phones or bar- and yeah. like in a world of filters or whatever social media has. It, like, I mean, there's nothing, a, a, a lot of things I can't help you with, but sure. at the same time, Again, go back to that coaching part. A lot of it is just caring and listening. And you know what? And and it go well. It just kind of goes back. I, I keep go. I'll go. I'll relate back to hockey again. But I mean, you go talk to kids at schools. That's a privilege. For yeah. Me, right. Um, high schoolers, whatever. A lot of times, they just need somebody to listen. You know. Um, and you know. What does anybody ever want out of any out of life? To be loved and to be liked. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. And for me to take 30 seconds out of my day to say good morning to you, to see how your day is going, and whether I know you or don't know you, I mean, I've never been punched by asking you <laughs> <laughs> good morning and uh, how's your day uh, type thing. But, I mean, you know what? I, I mean, I just... Uh, it doesn't hurt to talk to people and just uh, see and you never know where that conversation goes. They might, it might be the most important person in your life that you talk to. You might be, you might've just saved that person's life because you 
spent 30 seconds out of your day to actually care about them and they're having the worst day of their life. So anyways, that's, 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 a, that's just a very words refreshing, to live by. first of all, words to live by and just a very refreshing concept because again, everyone is so, as you mentioned, everyone's just, sometimes we get too busy and we get over busy. Well, and then I do tend to overextend myself because <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, cause I do have a lot of conversations with people that, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll give you a hand. Uh, yeah, whatever. That's what I do. That's not what I do. But, I mean, I got time. <laughs> Somewhere. Got time. I'll, I'll I, find it. If I got time. I'll I, make the time. Yeah, so, anyways, well, my wife, uh, I guess that's a good attribute, and it's a detriment. It's, uh, again, my biggest, I'm, I'm pretty self-aware of who I am. My biggest downfall is also my biggest attribute is that I actually care. I have a heart. And that's it. That's a good thing and a bad thing. It's it's more good than bad. Yeah, I was yeah. paid off more than it has. Yeah, no, it's it's good. But I mean, I guess I actually genuinely care, and it, and that's that's kind of cool for a guy who awesome. spent four hundred plus minutes. Well, <laughs> I, well, that's the intriguing part about it. Is because, you, you are know such what? a nice guy, yet you yeah. love punching people uh, in the face on the, on like, the ice. I mean, that, that's the best way to sell somebody. I'm like, <laughs> you're a total idiot on the ice, like, <laughs> you know, and you think. I'm a monster, and I'm really not. I'm, I'm a pretty nice guy. I mean, off the ice, he's a teddy bear. On the ice, That's he's right. well, uh, he it, calls the sim bin home. Exactly. It's kind of funny when we uh, Huntsville, Macon, more Huntsville than in Macon. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'd get I'd get in a fight and get kicked out, and I know exactly who was chirping me the whole time. <laughs> Yelling at me, Bashard, you suck, and blah blah blah, or whatever, blah blah. I know exactly who you are, where you sit. Get kicked out. Get kicked out of the game. Put my tracksuit on or whatever. I go sit right beside you. Say, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jerome, uh, boom, boom, boom. How are you? Good to see you. Oh, okay, yeah. You're you're not you're not gonna. Call me a, what you just called me. Like, uh, so it's pretty fun. Oh it's pretty fun. Gosh. It's pretty fun to do that. That's a boss move right there. Yes, that is, is that is amazing to go sit right down next to the fan who has been giving you L the entire time. Wow. They respect you. They yeah. respect you for that. I respect that. It don't bother me. My mom my mom uh when I was in Birmingham went to a game in in, in Huntsville, Alabama, and she's like, I can never go to another <laughs> hockey game. I mean, because uh, they were can't call me that bad. Oh, yeah. but they like, but they like me. They like me over there. They they know. They Eventually, love. everyone learns to love you, boom. Well, that's that type, that's that type of player you love to hate. Yeah, you love them to have them on your team. Exactly, you know, that type thing or whatever. Exactly. So, um, no, it's a pretty good story. But. You have um, moving on to another segment that we're working on. Our top three. So I'm going to ask you. It might be pretty hard. Who are your top three hockey players of all time? You skated with a, a pair of legends also in, in your time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, you know, you got to go. I got to go with Wayne Gretzky. Okay. I got to go with Gordie Howe. So there's that one open spot. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I would like to say Wendell Clark. Okay. Hmm. You know. uh, What was it about Wendell that made him special? Well, he played a lot like me other than he wasn't quite as much as a Disturber. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, have fun with the sensor button. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. Um, That's great. That's a, that is a great description, though. That's um, amazing. But he was a goal scorer. He was tough as nails and fought and 
played both ends of the ice, and he's a good Saskatchewan boy. There you go. Beautiful. Got to, got to represent Saskatchewan. That's awesome. Absolutely. All right, Coach, we're going to get ready to wrap Man. things up. We, Like I said, we could go for about another couple hours. This was amazing, Coach. I really appreciate you coming on. Just and to I, learn the lessons of like reaching out and actually connecting with people. Yes. But he'll punch you in the face without any hesitation. <laughs> exactly. I was and about I, to say, if anyone had, had, was about to punch you in the face just by saying good morning, I'm like, this is the one to be like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. All right, I mean, if you're about that life, fine. <laughs> but we do have question one time. more question for you, Coach, with the caveat that if we get this person, you got to help us get them. Who would you like to see us interview next? Oh, boy. And we need your help, Coach. And keep in mind, from the Dragons, we've already interviewed Scott yes. and Jay. And Jay. Does it have to be a Dragon? No. It, it can be anybody. It can be anybody. Say Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting my shot here. I would say Wayne, but I I, I mean, I have no pull with Wayne. Oh, boy. Um... You can't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, when we interviewed ourselves a, a few months back, we had trouble too. No, honestly, like we realized how hard that question is. <laughs> but it would be cool to see who you would want. It could be a dragon. We're not saying it has to be. My daughter, Kylie B-Shark. Oh, wow. Ms. B-Shark, you're up next. Ex-soccer, ex-soccer, ex-D1 soccer player. That's At Auburn, right? Yeah. That's been through a lot. Okay. okay. Sounds like a phenomenal story. We'd love that. Hey. And plus, if you if you get mad at us, Kylie, then you can get, just get mad at your dad. I'll come with her. Too. All right, there we go. Uh, let's <laughs> wrap this right, up. Let's Jack. wrap this bad boy up. Rex, where can the people find us? Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Check us out on WRBL.com. These episodes go live right there. But also, these podcasts can be shared on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Jack, we'll do what we can to chop up the amazing interview that we just had with Boom Boom. We'll share that on social media. Jack, where can they find that? Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at TV at TV on Facebook, WRBL Rex Castillo, WRBL Jack Patterson. Don't forget to follow those News 3 Sports accounts as well at WRBL Sports on Twitter, WRBL News 3 Sports on Facebook, Rex. Take us home, my brother. Jerome Bichard is the heartbeat of hockey here, and we see why, because he is the nicest man you'll ever meet outside of the ring. But remember, back in the day, he was not afraid to scrap. And thank you so much for everything you do, Coach, for hockey at every level. I really appreciate you stopping by. Jack, how much fun did you have in this one? Oh, this was a blast. Somebody that I've been watching since I was a kid running around the Civic Center. I remember that fight you had against Oklahoma <laughs> City. And man, oh, man, just another inspirational story. We're 31 for 31, Rex. Yes, sir. That's been another good one. See you guys in a couple of weeks for our next guest. See you guys.